Hi, and welcome to the NSGU podcast, Union Matters. My name's Mary, and I'm going to be your host for today. Today, I'm really happy to have with me Suzanne McNeil, who is the president of the Halifax, Dartmouth, and District Labor Council. Hi, Suzanne. Hi, Mary. Thank you so much for coming to talk to us. Oh, I'm really happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so we're going to talk all things Labor Council. So before we get into that, um, do you want to give a little bit of a background about who you are? I know some of our listeners and members will know you. You're quite a well-known trade unionist in Nova Scotia, but... For those who don't know you. Okay, well, I guess first and foremost, I am, I'm a proud Cape Bretoner who is now living in Halifax. And, uh, <laughs> so you've defected. <laughs> exactly, yep. Um, I, I moved to Halifax in 2014, but I really got my start, I think, in the labor movement about a decade ago. Um, I had just graduated from university. I was getting into um, the writing and freelance media world. Just the year before I got involved in the labor movement, I went to a really great student journalism conference where I met a few union reps from a couple of different unions. In particular, there was a Canadian Media Guild member from the CBC who said, you know, a lot of folks, you folks that are just coming into the workforce and are really excited about freelancing because that's a new thing, (laughs) he said, you know, make sure you join an organization. there's this brand new Canadian freelance union project that's on the go and you should really look into it because you want to make sure that you have colleagues that you can call on when you have an issue or if you need help with something. So that really planted the seed in my head for thinking of like not just about my personal career but what I wanted to do at a time where everything in the media industry was all about outsourcing and staff cutbacks and this new era of increasing freelance media in a world where there are fewer and fewer permanent jobs. And I came to realize that that's that was kind of the same thing across so many different sectors Absolutely. of work. Absolutely, and it's just getting worse. There's definitely this this new gig economy and online work or contracting out, and it's, it really is across everything from, you know, it used to be my brother, for instance, has his PhD and trying to get into academia. It used to be you got tenure. I have friends who have been bouncing from contract to contract for 10 years, getting paid like poverty level wages with how much debt coming out of university and you know there's such a push towards casualization and part-time work and yeah it's I can imagine even just in you know since you graduated it's changed or gone that way a lot oh yeah exactly and so when I uh when I first became involved in the labor movement I was the only member of my union in Cape Breton And so the Labor Council was where I went in order to just meet other trade unionists in the community. And it was through that work that I learned how much we all have in common. Boss to boss, sector to sector, there's only only a handful of tricks that they use to kind of keep us down and keep us divided. And And the involvement in the Labor Council really emphasized to me that the more we share our stories with each other, um, the more we can find opportunities to work together on common projects, um, Mm -hmm. the better off we'll all be. So that's really what won me over to not just union involvement in general, but in particular, anything that brings together members of different unions. No, it's one of the things I actually 
have I, I really enjoy about the labor movement is obviously I'm a very proud NSGU member and I love meeting members from other sectors and other mm-hmm. you know organizations different types of work because of course it is such a wide variety of jobs that we do but I also really love the greater labor movement and some of the experiences I've had just meeting union activists from not just Nova Scotia but right from right across the country and that's one of the reasons you know I really wanted to get the word out about labor council is you know just being able to meet other trade unionists is so helpful even just when I go back to my own local yeah getting that like broad perspective for for everybody from you know a university professor to someone who works for the city or in the education system or in healthcare or in the, in the private sector you know just the range of experiences and you know, I mean just how interesting working people's lives are but but also how the diversity of those experiences lends itself to a really rich movement. Yeah. Well, actually, we've kind of skipped ahead (laughs) (laughs) to uh, what is a labor council. So do you want to maybe give a little uh, sort of synopsis of what a labor council is? Absolutely. So a labor council, it's a delegated body, and it's made up of uh, union delegates from different union locals around a certain geographic area. In our case, it's Halifax, Dartmouth, and like basically the HRM area. Mm-hmm. And there's also three other labor councils at the moment in Nova Scotia. There's one in the industrial Cape Breton area, one in the South Shore, and one in the Valley area. And A couple of generations ago, there would have actually been many more labor councils across the province. But uh, just due to things like union density and the changing nature of employment in our communities means that some some of that terrain has shifted a bit. There definitely has been a move from rural communities to urban communities. And I think that has had a definite impact just, you know, seeing my my mother, for instance, lives down the eastern shore and just the change in demographic and who lives down the eastern shore. Like, you know, it's it, it's it's shifted and it's changed and industries changed. So I think that's definitely had an impact on the labor movement in general. Absolutely. And, you know, I should say that any opportunity that union members have to be able to work with each other and work across different unions is is really valuable and so in any community where such an opportunity already exists in the form of the labor council it's it's such an asset for workers in that community yeah and well and that's one of the things why you know I wanted to mention the other labor councils because we are you know a province-wide union and the great thing is as an NSGU member Every local, I know for Halifax, uh, Dartmouth and District Labor Council, we every NSGU local within our, this region has three delegates, is it? At yeah, a minimum? so three <laughs> delegates is kind of the bare minimum that everyone gets, and then you get an additional uh, delegate for every few every hundred or so members that you get. Um, I would have to actually look at our delegation forms because <laughs> I don't always have that info off the top of my head, but... Your union automatically, your union local automatically always gets three delegates. And most union locals actually have many more than that. So there's lots of room for involvement. So if your local has you know, a few people that are really keen for a certain kind of involvement that Labor Council might be good for, you know, 
there's opportunity to get involved. Yeah, and I know it's something, well, I wanted, really wanted to bring it forward because I know that it's not necessarily as well publicized as it might be that within your local, you know, you could actually, if you're going to your local meeting, you could go, hey, I heard about Labor Council on the NSGU podcast. I'd like to be a delegate. You know, the opportunity is definitely there. And with convention coming up, everybody's going to be having a triennial meeting afterwards to um, elect whole new delegates for for things like regional council, occupational council, labor council, mm-hmm. um, and the executive. So it's just, I wanted to really put it in people's minds because I know I'm a delegate and mm-hmm. I think it's such a really good opportunity and I don't think enough people are coming out to labor council. So I really wanted to hopefully encourage people to come out and see us. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. It, a lot more activists would certainly be welcome. And even if a member wants to sort of observe a meeting and see what it's all about, you know, we, we welcome any union member in the room as, as a guest. And, and um, if that person is really excited, you know, they can go back to their local, um, discuss it with the executive and see about delegating someone so you know each each local each union has a different process for selecting uh for selecting delegates and that's up to them who they send of course yeah so in my local we actually held a little election i was the only person who (laughs) ran but i'm hoping to get a few other people but i mean i do have a lot on my plate i do a lot so i know that was one of the things i was a little bit wary about committing but so i showed up and i went uh, to a few meetings before I was officially a delegate mm-hmm. and I really appreciated the opportunity to you know go and sit and take part and ha- actually in the conversations that you were having and go okay this is something I actually want to get involved with so I, I really encourage people to get out and you know if there's a labor council in your area to show up and how would you find out about you know when these meetings are Okay, so we have a, uh, a Facebook page. Um, it's uh, you can search Halifax Labor on Facebook, uh, or you can even type in Halifax, Dartmouth, and District Labor Council. But Halifax Labor will give you the same result, and you'll see our Facebook page there, and all the information is there. We always meet the second Wednesday of every month at uh, seven o'clock at thirty-seven hundred Kemp Road in Halifax. Um, and our meetings are always done unless there's a snowstorm or whatever. (laughs) So labor council is kind of interesting. So how does it fit within, it's sponsored, it kind of falls under the umbrella of the Canadian Labor Congress, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yes. And so this is, this is the part where I always, I always wish I had like a little like diagram to show people, which is <laughs> not super possible on a podcast. But I no. think the easiest way I can describe this is that um, it's the local version of the uh, of the labor centrals. Mm-hmm. So we have at the federal lev- level the Canadian Labor Congress. That's kind of the big umbrella house of labor, um, and that's for- it's right from across the country. Exactly, Canada wide. Yeah. That's where it all comes together. Um, at the provincial and uh, and territorial level, of course, we have the federations of labor, mm-hmm. um, and then at the local municipal level, we have our labor councils. So you know, it's it's kind of like the three levels of government in Canada: municipal, provincial, federal. It's it's and it's kind of like that with 
with the uh, labor centrals as well. So the labor council tends to work on things within on that municipal level, right? So if there mm-hmm. was a, you know, an election going on, you would maybe do some political action around, mm-hmm. you know, who are the candidates running and are they labor friendly? Because that's important on a municipal level as well, isn't it? Who you vote into city council or county council. Oh, absolutely. And that actually brings us to one of my favorite projects on the Labor Council level. About a decade ago, I think a lot of folks in the labor movement realized, you know, there's not a whole lot of attention on the municipal level of politics, but that's also where a lot of leadership capacity is developed. You know, we always want to elect progressive people at the provincial and federal level, but we don't always have the capacity to really like get them started, start building profile in their communities to make a first time provincial or federal run successful. And also there's the fact that the decisions that are made on a municipal level oft- are often the ones that most immediately affect us. You know? Absolutely. <laughs> you know, it's the who's collecting your garbage, who's clearing your snow, just all those day to day issues. <laughs> Yeah. And so the, f- the first time I was involved in a municipal level campaign for um, for the labor movement was in my involvement in the, at the Cape Breton District Labor Council. The first one that the Labor Council ran was in 2008, just before my time. But the uh, the next round of uh, municipal elections that came up, I was involved in. So the campaign was called Municipalities Matter. Um, and it was a campaign that was developed by the Canadian Labor Congress for labor councils to use across the country to get progressive, labor-friendly councillors elected. Mm-hmm. And so how this worked was we uh, we engaged in a process both of trying to recruit progressive people to run. Um, so you know, people who are sort of up-and-coming labor activists who are starting to be interested in the idea of public life uh, were really encouraged to run. And we also developed a survey um, just because at the municipal level, there's no real kind of restriction on who can run, like nobody's kind of holding the gates closed. And so it's it's a bit more of an accessible level of political office for a lot of people. You don't have to fundraise huge amounts of money, although if if you're running for mayor, that can get quite expensive. But, you know, people have run and uh, won council elections with like just a very small budget and a couple of people helping out. Yeah, the numbers also, which is it's always shocking to me. I always really want to encourage people to, you know, really think critically and get out and vote on those municipal elections because voter turnout is pretty dismal oftentimes, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It (laughs) really is. And it's just these, you know, it really is. It has such a direct impact Mm -hmm. on your life and... Yeah, <laughs> Absolutely. yeah, it's it's so important. But but anyway, we developed a survey to um, ask candidates where they stood on certain key issues. So, for example, um, contracting out and public-private partnerships are really big on the municipal level. So we wanted to get a sense of where candidates stood on that um, and a couple of other key issues like green jobs on the local level where they saw uh, potential for that, uh, where they stood on um, tax revenue and like the finances of a municipality. There's a lot of there's a lot of push for 
you know, tax fairness for municipalities. There's a lot of unevenness with how municipalities are funded and the services that they're expected to cover. And so our tax dollars don't always make it to municipalities. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so also try and get, trying to get a progressive take on that stuff. Well, yeah, and you actually made those surveys available to people when they were looking to vote, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Which I know I personally, I that's the type of information that I as a voter want to have because I want to know, you know, where do the people running, running my city, running my municipality, where do they stand on things like, are they going to build a stadium or are they going to build affordable housing? It's it's one of those things that I want to ask those questions and Mm -hmm. having even a survey or something like that or, you know, going to labor council and having these discussions, I find it very helpful. And and I think it was also helpful for a lot of union members to you know, see in in plain language and in plain print where municipal candidates stood on the issues. And through this process, we actually had a lot of people come out of the woodwork as labor-friendly candidates who never would have been on our radar. Mm-hmm. And so we were able through this process to identify these people and encourage folks to give them donations and support. And uh, this last round in Halifax, when we did this, we were actually able to engage in a little bit of campaign training for some of the candidates that we identified. And so, you know, our endorsed candidates like Lindell Smith was, uh, was one that we identified as being labor friendly. And so is Lisa Blackburn. And so we were able to really you know, also like get them to know the labor movement a bit better and mm-hmm. but also you know it also established a line of communication for when they got in office yeah because you know somebody can say something while they're campaigning but when you actually get into council things can change and so it's a good way to have that mm-hmm. line of communication to hold them accountable to, okay, during your campaign, you said you were labor friendly and you're voting this way. So can we have a talk about this? Mm-hmm. And through this, I also want to give a huge shout out to uh, Mark Cunningham, who is the former president of QP Local 108, um, the outside workers in the mm-hmm. Halifax Regional Municipality. He Throughout the last municipal election here in Halifax, he showed such leadership in terms of the issues and where candidates stood. And um, especially when it comes to outsourcing, like one of his big issues was the uh, snow removal and you know how most of that is contracted out. And so it's really hard for that service to be done effectively <laughs> and also in a way that's accountable, you know, yeah. if if the city is able to say, well, that's not our responsibility, this street, if the street isn't done well, we'll, we'll just go with a different contractor next time. The reality is that's, that doesn't work. Yeah, and that's, and that's not something that's unique just to the HRM. That's something I'm sure people are seeing in cities right across the province. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the yeah. value of keeping services in-house, you know, with workers that are paid a living wage and, you know, do work that is, you know, of decent quality is, is such a big thing. But with um, with municipalities being really crunched for funds, the pressure to outsource is just constantly present. No, absolutely. It's it's privatization and contracting out is such a huge issue. Mm. So I, obviously that's something that you 
are working on with the Labor Council. What are some of the other sort of things that, you, you know, you're working on? Oh, I'm so glad you asked that. So, um, And how can our members get involved? Yeah, oh, my gosh. <laughs> so one of, one of the things that with uh, this Labor Council in Halifax that I'm most proud of is um, our Mayworks Festival of the Working People and the Arts. Yeah, um, and I think we're going to actually have... Uh, Sebastian on to talk about that. We're going to do a podcast all about Maywork, so I'm excited about that. Oh yeah, it's it's such a really it's such a wonderful project, and and uh, and as folks will hear from Sebastian, it's our 10th anniversary for that for this festival here in Halifax. And an easy way that members can become involved is obviously to go to a Mayworks event. Um, the tickets are. There's a lot of free events, and the ones that require a ticket purchase are reasonably priced. Yeah, um, and I think it's going to conveniently fall within convention time, so members from right across the province hopefully will have an opportunity. And and of course, you know, sponsoring the uh, sponsoring the festival is something that locals can do. You know, every little bit of a donation helps. Yeah, um, it helps keep the uh, festival affordable. Yeah, and is there anything else, any other type of things you're working on? Just drawing. Because I know out. there's, uh, you do a lot of work with um, sort of fight for 15, um, raising the minimum wage, things around that as well, don't you? Or? Oh yes, absolutely. So we're very active in the uh, in the fight for 15 and fairness campaign, uh, which which also involves a number of different groups and individuals in the community here. Uh, we have a very active Fight for 15 student campus chapter here in Halifax. And that's something that um, the campaign is sort of something that any labor council can pick up and run mm -hmm. with, and any union as well. Yeah, because I think that's, again, a prov really a province-wide issue is, you know, having meaningful work that actually pays you a wage that you can live on. <laughs> and I and I think that's vitally important, you know, right across the province because, you know, they keep saying that, oh, well, you know, unemployment is is down. But, you know, how much of that work is actually jobs that pay a living wage? Oh, exactly. And is, you know, actually full time meaningful work. So I think it's, you know, that's a really important campaign. Mm hmm. And uh and I really have to give a shout out to the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives for crunching a lot of the numbers on this issue. But there are so many workers in this province that make below $15 an hour. And, you know, that also means that there's just less uh, less economic activity in our communities. And so it affects everybody. No, absolutely. I mean, and you look at numbers that just, you know, recently came out. Nova Scotia has the highest rates of child poverty and you know that's something that could help fix that and I think it's something that you need in especially in rural Nova Scotia you know having $15 an hour wage it's not like that money is really people are going to be going oh well I'm making $15 an hour now I'm going to go spend it all on a big fancy vacation it's no we're going to be probably buying groceries or spending money within our communities. Exactly. And um, and this is a provincial issue, but it also has a really important local community-based aspect to it that I think makes it perfect for labor council involvement because, you know, each of us, like, we're not just defined by our workplace as union members. Like, we also, we send our kids to school. We, 
you know, partake of all of the different aspects of a community um, as, you know, in terms of recreation, school, work, home, play, like all aspects of life. And yeah, we're vital members of our communities. Exactly. And I think that's some things that I, I find there's this, um, you know, there really has been sort of a demonization of union members as, oh, well, they're just, you know, union people, you know, they're getting all these benefits and they're making this money and they're lazy and they don't do anything when the reality is, we have union members who are not making huge amounts of money and, you know, are, you know, there's value in our work. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those jobs, especially once you get outside of the HRM, you're in rural Nova Scotia, those are the decent paying jobs where you can actually put money back into the community, you know, teachers, hospitals, even the, you know, the liquor store, those are good jobs. It's vital, I think, that the labor movement stays strong in, you know, smaller municipalities as well. Mm -hmm. And I think the Fight for 15 campaign in particular is an opportunity for unit activists to develop relationships and build solidarity with workers who don't yet have a union as well. Yeah, I think that's something too to remember is it's, it, there's almost like there's this like race to the bottom. Well, if I don't have it. Why should you have it? Where really it should be, okay, you know, we're union members. We need to help bring people up because, I mean, really that's how so many things like maternity leave, you know, there are so many things that people have weekends because of the labor movement. And Nova Scotia really has such a rich, strong history within the labor movement. I mean, Cape Breton, where you're from. Of course, yeah. And I think that as... You know, picking up the torch, you know, is um, it helps us in in the uh, in the meantime. It builds stronger communities, but it it also honors that history. We're, you know, we're here today with good union jobs. You know, those of us that are lucky enough to have them because of the struggles of generations of workers past. Yeah, and you know, and I think honoring that struggle means that we work to secure more rights for workers in the here and now. Yeah, and that's one of the things, too, I like, you know, like I said, about Labor Council, I really do love, and the labor movement in general is that feeling of solidarity, so that if, you know, something's happening in my local, if I go out on strike for, I hope I hope I don't have to, mm-hmm. but if ever I was, I know that there are going to be members of not just NSGU, other NSGU locals, but I'm sure that you'll be there Mm -hmm. or people from other, you know, other unions will show up, march the picket line, you know, and give that solidarity. And that I think is something that's really important is, you know, we have to look beyond just ourselves. Exactly, exactly. And it's something as simple as when a union local is on strike, you know, having having a place where people can share the information and coordinate support is it's a small thing, but it's also a really big deal to be able to do that. And you know, and that kind of thing is a bit easier to do when there's a labor council there for people to take advantage of. No, absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming. I'm sure, you know, I could talk to you for hours about this, but uh, oh, I'm yeah. sure we're going you know, we'll to but... probably have to have you back on again sometime in the mm-hmm. future. I'm sure there'll be more things to talk about but and like I said really encourage people to get involved in your you know your local labor council 
Thanks for having me, Mary. Okay. And thank you, everybody, for listening. And be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And that way you don't miss any of the upcoming episodes. Talk to you soon. Bye.